Hi, I'm Jesse. Let's continue. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I got to tell you a story. Um, I've, I've, had, I've been in that role as a lead pastor, particularly like leading staff. There have come times in which there are members of the staff, mostly they were in this particular case, there were staff members that I didn't recruit and hire, but I inherited and I, I wanted to try to lead well, but we would butt heads over things. And, and it was really that what they were teaching was false. What they were representing was not what the word of God said. I came in with you know, a thoroughly biblical background and they came in with a bit more of a theological bent. And when the two of us came to head, ultimately the buck stops here, I've got to call them out on this. And there were some times that I lost my patience with some of these, some of these guys and I was not always gentle. And as a result, it would fracture the relationship. And so it's probably my fault. There came a time where I was confronting a guy and I, I just had to, he kept dodging, 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 doing everything, doing all the acrobatics he could to avoid like facing the truth. And I just, I, I had to say like, I think you just need to be a man already and admit the fact that you taught this wrong. And like the guy, uh, the guy has not, <laughs> has not, I don't think he's forgiven me since. And I was so frustrated with myself for just blowing it, for losing my patience in that moment. I should have been more gentle because who knows, God may have changed his heart. Here's what the text says, chapter two, verse 23. Instead of pursuing youthful passions, we pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Alongside with everybody who calls upon God with the Lord, uh, a pure heart. Verse 23 says, but reject foolish and ignorant disputes because you know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. They may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. When I've lost patience with somebody who in that instance, in that particular context, is my opponent in a theological debate. He's not my opponent in life. I mean, I get it. Don't lecture me about this. I know what it's like to disagree with somebody on, on a secondary issue that's not gospel-centered. In this particular instance, I know that what was at stake was the truth and what was being misrepresented was the truth and that the gospel needed to shine through. I think about those times, and in that particular instance, he was my opponent because we disagreed on a theological point. And if I'd been more gentle with him, maybe it wouldn't have become personal. He, through confirmation bias, sort of, to, sort, of, sort of sank deeper into his trench and felt like, oh, I need, to, I need to protect this ground. And what Jesse's doing is attacking me right now. But if I'd been more gentle, he'd be more likely to come out of his bunker and take his helmet off and see like, I'm his brother in Christ. And maybe he would go on to teach the word more correctly. He may have come to his senses. That bunker was actually a trap that was set by the devil and he was in it. I was trying to get him out of it. But you don't do so well getting somebody to come out of a trap by saying like, be a man and get out. <laughs> like maybe that works for some people, but it didn't work for this guy. You know, you don't get somebody out of a trap. You don't, even if you, if you use a, <laughs> use another example, like from, from nature, right? You're not going to, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to lure a baby deer away from a trap by, you know, yelling at it. Like you got to be gentle. You have to be gentle. The Lord's servant must not quarrel. So there, there were times as well, even at, at that same church where I get caught up in disputes and I could tell like that this was, a, this was an argument that I was not going to win, uh, mostly because the person who was caught up, the person who was, who was instigating it was, uh, was not coming from a pure heart, verse 22, but they were also, they were also ignorant. 
They didn't know the word. Uh, it was a it was a quarrel I was being invited into, and so uh, I wanted to show everybody respect and I wanted to give everybody the the time they deserved. But there was there were a couple of instances likewise where I was called in to to argue about something, but I could tell this was coming from somebody who did not know what they were talking about. And what they needed to do instead was to read the word of God and then the word would correct them. But as long as I was the one doing it, it would become personal and they wouldn't, they would be less likely to change their minds because it would be more like losing an argument to Jesse and less like submitting to the Holy Spirit's correction by the Holy Spirit of God. You can tell that I've learned this lesson. I, I have not been as gentle as I should have been with people who disagree with me theologically. Even, even people on staff at a church at times. So my conscience was clear. I was true to the word of God. And uh, I know that, you know, in serving on, uh, on, on staff, I've been, I've been loving towards everybody. I've genuinely loved everybody I've ever served with. You know, I would go door to door at that office and tell everybody and just give them big hugs and just thank them for their ministry. And, and, and I truly do love every single one of them. I never manipulated a single person in my life. I'll thank the Lord for that. I can, I, I'm glad to be able to say that. But when we would disagree, sometimes I'd be overly harsh. When they were theologically in error, I wasn't always the best at correcting them. So pray for me as I continue to learn and apply this in my own heart, in my own life. Uh, this, is a, this is a good practice for all Christians. When we do have debates, for example, in the evangelistic context, we do have a debate opponent. Remember, they're not your enemy. They're, not, they're just your opponent in a debate. And the two of you should be able to go get a burger after the debate's over with. That's the litmus test. Be able to disagree well. Be gentle in the way that you instruct. Instruct your opponents with gentleness. Because, like Paul says, perhaps God will grant them repentance. Isn't that the objective? Isn't that why you're at the table? They may, those who are against the gospel of Jesus Christ may not know why they're at the table, but you know why you're there. It's for the gospel. You don't know. God may change their heart. They may come to repentance. They may confess. They may get out of the trap that the devil has set for them. They've been taken captive. They're doing the will of the devil. But if you're gentle with them, the Lord may grant them repentance. So when you engage with somebody who doesn't believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ or who holds antipathy against the gospel of Jesus Christ, make sure that you're gentle. Look, we saw this in our apologetic series. You always must be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. But you've got to have a clear conscience. Make sure that your own life is in order when you do this. And you do it with gentleness. And you do it with respect. Gently rebuke. Gently correct. Gently debate. Do so with, with class and aplomb. Do so in a way that makes you utterly unflappable, where you can't be offended. I, I've, I've learned how to, uh, I, th I think that I'm, I'm sometimes better with, I'm th I think I'm sometimes better with, with militant anti-Christians than I am with liberal, uh, uh, liberal Christian pastors. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I'm, I've done a better job with them because I find what they say funny. I genuinely find it funny. When you're in a debate setting, if they say something that is completely antithetical to the truth, it's a little bit funny. Don't mock them. Don't laugh at them. But, you know, do be lighthearted enough to be unflappable where you're not. It, it's like it's like impossible to offend you and you can reflect it back. You don't need to be contriving. You don't need to you, you don't need to, to to overly flatter your opponent, but be gentle. Um, I've found that the ability to laugh uh, when appropriate in a way that's clearly not mocking is really helpful. It's really good. Be utterly impossible to offend and be gentle. Uh, this is this is how I've seen God lead militant atheist friends of mine and pagan friends of mine, formerly pagan friends of mine, to faith in Christ over the years. They're not atheists anymore. They're they're not pagans anymore. Like they love Jesus with all their hearts. And uh, who knows? It it could have been because of that moment. This is the calling. 
you've got to you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to uh, engage uh, uh, when it's appropriate. And when you engage, you're selective. You don't get caught up in quarrels about petty disputes. If they need to go back to the Bible, let them go back to the Bible. You know, you choose your battles well. But when you do engage, you do so with gentleness because you never know. God might free the person across the table from you from the trap that the devil set for them. And instead of doing the devil's will, they end up leaving, getting up from the table, now doing God's will. Isn't that the objective? You think God's able to do that? I've seen God do it many, many times. May God continue this ministry and may God work on my heart and teach me continued gentleness.